millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ah, the long-forgotten depths of WCW's tag team division. Do you remember any of these duos? The Steiner Brothers, Harlem Heat, The Outsiders, Doom. There were some truly great tag teams in World Championship Wrestling. Together, they created so many cherished memories and had multiple runs as tag team champions too. Primetime wasn't common though, but that's why these squads are on the list. They dwell in categories like long-forgotten, overlooked, and... Who the hell are these guys? I'm Adam Nicholas, this is What Culture Wrestling, and these are 10 WCW tag teams you definitely won't remember. Number 10, Men at Work. They come from a land down on the undercard, sadly. Mark Starr and Chris Canyon could have been a solid team had they been handed anything other than this Men at Work gimmick. Both were dressed up like construction workers, almost missed their matches due to napping on the job, and didn't find much success between 1995 and 1996. Now, Canyon and Starr played the gig for laughs. They probably had no choice, truth be told. During matches, for example, Chris would inadvertently cost his team by whipping out a tape measure and trying to do some work. And you can just imagine that somewhere, 90s Vince McMahon would have been laughing his ass off. Of course, Canyon eventually found some success on his own and starred in WWE's Invasion Angle. He and Starr did their best with men at work, but it was never going to work out. Who wrote this? Number 9, The Cole Twins. Perhaps the biggest claim to fame either Keith or Kent Cole had during their stay in WCW is that the former faced a debuting Triple H in 1994. Beyond that, the Cole Twins were typically deployed when the company needed filler on shows like Main Event, Worldwide or Saturday Night. The Twins joined WCW in 1992, but they never quite parlay early promise into anything meaningful, and they rarely came close to challenging for the tag belts. In fact, if anything, Keith and Kent were used to help prepare others for that honour. They were the jobbers when it mattered most. Oddly, Keith and Kent also spent a bit of time working singles matches on WCW house shows. This was likely the promotion's way of padding out live event cards. I mean, why boot one tag bout when you can treat fans to a couple of one-on-one attractions? In the most basic of terms, the twins were utility men. Number eight, the creatures. Meanwhile, the Creatures were one-off men. Enhancement workers Joey Maggs and Johnny Rich joined forces for this short-lived gimmick at Halloween Havoc 1991. There, they lost to PN News and Big Josh in the second match on the card. That quartet also had the dubious honour of following WCW's wild Chamber of Horrors spectacle too. Maggs and Rich are maybe the prototypical examples of WCW's short-term booking. The company needed to fill a slot on the pay-per-view, so they shunted two jobbers together, put them under masks, gave them a Halloween-themed presentation and then forgot all about them as soon as they put News and Josh over. Mags and Rich did eventually come back together as a team for several matches in 1993 and 1994, but they didn't recycle the Creatures gimmick. On top of that, they might also be one of the only teams in history who debuted on a pay-per-view and then disappeared 
as if nothing ever happened. Number 7. Bad Attitude Now this gold-suited duo could be considered something of a pro-wrestling super team. Bobby Eaton was a member of the Midnight Express in his prime. His Bad Attitude partner in 1994 was Steve Keen, who's best known for being part of the Fabulous Ones and for his run as tobacco-spitting crocodile hunter Skinner in the WWF. Together, however, they didn't have much success. Their whole showy gimmick was a little bit too 80s for WCW in 1994. The product was stuck between old-school NWA presentation and Eric Bischoff's bold new vision for what the promotion could be. And bad attitude, well, they just kind of got stuck in the middle somewhere before Eaton was moved to another tag team with Steven Regal. Number six, The Wrecking Crew. The Wrecking Crew were brought to WCW in 1993 and instantly set about the task of getting over as squash match machines who'd run right over everyone who got in their path. Dubbed Rage and Fury, both Al Green, Rage, and Mark Laurinaitis, Fury, lasted less than a year in the promotion. Now, in fairness, family lineage meant they had a lot to live up to. Laurinaitis is Road Warrior Animal's brother, which meant he walked in the shadow of tag team greatness. He and Green did their best to convince everyone that they were WCW's next supercharged muscle team, but they ended up drifting around in going nowhere feuds with the Cole Twins and other duos like Tex Slazenger and Shanghai Pierce. Again, much like Bad Attitude, WCW's hopes were presumably high for the Wrecking Crew. Green had been part of the tag scene for years, he was one of the old Master Blasters team with Kevin Nash, and Mark was related to one of the best. But they just couldn't make it work. Number 5. The Colossal Kongs Now in fairness, yeah, Harley Race tried. I mean, he really, really tried. But sadly, that's about all one can say when it comes to WCW's decision to debut the Colossal Kongs in 1993. Awesome Kong, no, not that one. And King Kong, no, not that one either, were hyped up as monsters that could compete with the very best. They even had a short issue with Sting and Ric Flair. The Kongs, however, wouldn't go any higher than that bout they had at Clash of Champions 24. After that, they began to slide down the pecking order and would eventually split up. Before going their separate ways, though, and how about this for a sentence, Awesome Kong jobbed to none other than the Shockmaster at Starcade 1993, and King Kong was at ringside to see it. And to be honest, it didn't take long before Harley Race was cycled out of the duo's affairs either. Let's just say old Harley wasn't going to pal around with goons like the Kongs when he could appear in main events alongside Vader and Flair. Number 4. Thunder and Lightning No, before you ask, these two aren't from American Gladiators. They are WCW's Thunder and Lightning. Now, there's not actually much to go on when it comes to Thunder. He left pro wrestling altogether when the team split in 1994, but Lightning went on to play the NWO's fake version of Sting, if indeed you remember that. Jeff Farmer, the aforementioned fake Sting, and Buddy debuted on WCW TV in 1993. They were mainly used as jobbers for the stars, though they did score a few wins here and there on house shows and episodes of Worldwide. The pair also did a ton of work on Saturday night. Their biggest moment came with a loss to WCW tag heavyweight Harlem Heat at Super Brawl 4. Two months later, they finished up in WCW by working some tags on the largely ignored Pro Weekly. Number 3. The Power Company Now, you may have watched a few Power Company matches without even actually knowing it. Dave and Dean Power showed up for 30 matches on WCW television between 1997 and 2000. And during their entire three-year stay in the company, they never won a match. They were jobbers in every sense of the word, but they were jobbers who had many feuds against the likes of the Steiners and Vicious and Delicious, thank you Buff Bagwell and Scott Norton. Aside from those, the power company also lost handicap matches to The Giant on the 17th of May 1997 edition and 23rd of May 1998 edition of Saturday Night. In other words, they were pretty much always going nowhere in WCW. But in fairness, at least Dave and Dean can look back on matches against the Steiner Brothers, Big Show, Lex Luger, Booker T and others during their job-heavy careers in World 
World Championship Wrestling. And to be fair, for anybody who does actually still care, they did experience a bit of success outside of WCW in indie promotions like Puerto Rico's IWA. Number two, Maximum Overdrive. Now you'd have to be an absolute Steiner super fan to recall these dudes. Maximum Overdrive consisted of journeyman pros Jeff Warner and Tim Hunt. They were brought into WCW in 1990 and were instantly cast as a serious threat who could match Rick and Scott for power. Warner and Hunt primarily existed to give the Steiners a few hard-fought wins. That was their only real purpose. After the feud concluded at Clash of Champions 12, Maximum Overdrive went into reverse and the team would wheel spin off into different directions. Hunt would disappear completely, but Warner was repackaged as JW Storm. Interestingly enough, Warner had worked some enhancement matches for the WWF before coming to WCW too. He'd go on to work a few more in 1991 and 1992, losing to the future Tatanka and The Undertaker, amongst others, before returning to WCW in 1999 for a Saturday night job to Disco Inferno. And number one with a bullet, the pit crew. Start your engines and bask in the glory of WCW's very own ripoff of Bob's Sparky Plug Holly. It should be said, Chad Fortune has become known as the first wrestler to ever pin Bill Goldberg. Before that, though, he was part of a terrible race car driving gimmick alongside Dale Torborg. Together, they were known as the Pit Crew, and they donned the most garish WCW overalls you're ever likely to see. It's almost impossible to find any records of matches Fortune and Torborg worked together, but they definitely teamed up in late 1997. And this was actually the second overlooked team that Chad had been part of. He and Eric Watts were Techno Team 2000 in the WWF between 1995 and 1996. Torborg would later go on to play the Kiss Demon between 1989 and 2000, so this duo have some serious history when it comes to shit gimmicks. And one more tidbit in case the rest of those weren't enough, Fortune's debut in WCW was a loss to Joey Mags, otherwise known as one of the creatures from Halloween Havoc 1999. And that, my friends, is one hell of a CV. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 